Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Coronavirus Update. If you're in lockdown, just like me, don't worry. I've put together some of the best bits from my talk radio breakfast show into this daily podcast so you won't miss any of the day's biggest coronavirus updates. Enjoy and stay safe. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Grant Shapps joins us now. Good morning to you. Morning. Good morning. Um, there's this announcement you made at the press conference last night at number 10, saying the face coverings to be compulsory on public transport from the 15th of June. Um, only two months ago, you were saying that you know they, weren't, they were counterproductive, they weren't needed. We've been told there's very little evidence they would actually save people's lives and may indeed endanger the wearer because we're sort of more likely to be fiddling with our face, possibly with infected hands. What's changed? Yeah, as I said at the um, press conference last night, this is an albeit small contribution but nonetheless, we think that at this point in time, what will have changed, of course, is that on the 15th of June, we'll see more people using the uh, transport network for the first time because non-essential shops open, some schools, further schools will open. Um, so it does mean that we expect to see greater numbers. So that's really the thing that's changing. I don't want to say that it's some panacea, though. Washing your hands, you know, using hand sanitizer, uh, trying to maintain social distancing, not touching your face. All of these things are higher up in the sort of hierarchy of things that are important to do um, to keep defeating this disease. And what do you make of the British Medical Association's call for this to happen? Well, now, not on the 15th of June. Why, why wait uh, another 10 days? But, but also for it to be extended to shops. There's not much point wearing a mask on the bus to go to the shops and then standing in a shop without a face mask. Yeah, of course, the difference in a shop and a, a train, for example, or a bus, for example, is that you know, in, in a shop, they should be controlling how many people go in there. Uh, we're asking shops to do that. That's the guidance that's going to be uh, reiterated before more shops open. Uh, and so people are actually waiting outside and, and therefore socially distanced. And secondly, in a shop, whilst you might pass somebody in the aisle uh, briefly, on a train, you might be stuck next to that person for 20 minutes. And so there's a difference between travelling uh, on that kind of tra public transport uh, for longer periods of time uh, exposed than perhaps in a shop, which is a more controlled uh, environment. Uh, and in terms of timing, again, it's because... The, sh the trains have been, and the buses and the trams have been incredibly empty and 5% of usual carriage, so passengers, you know, whereas we know that that will now continue to tick up uh, through the 15th of this month. 
Okay, well, you're talking of timings and decisions on that. Um, the Test and Trace app was supposed to be world-beating, was supposed to be uh, in place by mid-May, and uh, it was going to be absolutely the basis of our Test and Trace system. It's now, well, still not in place after being tested on the Isle of Wight. It won't be in place until the end of June, and new leaked emails in front of The Guardian today suggest that uh, uh, it's not going to be fully working until September or October. Um, what on earth has gone wrong? Yeah, to be clear, actually, um, the... The app itself is one part of the NHS Test and Trace programme. And one of the things actually trialling the app uh, uh, made the scientists realise was actually the bit that they needed up and running first was, A, unlimited numbers of tests available, and that is now available. Anybody can go on GovUK, they've got coronavirus symptoms, uh, and book a test. They're available uh, very freely. Now there are 233,000 of them uh, carried out and sent out yesterday, uh, which is a new record. So you've got the testing availability. And then the tracing is actually primarily a factor of 25,000 people 25,000 people who have uh, now uh, who are now the NHS tracers contact tracers and they actually are making thousands and thousands of contacts to let people know such and such has been tested positive we understand that you were in proximity with them for x amount of time on y day we now need you to isolate and that's the foundation of this the app becomes more important as people are more routinely moving around so as we go through these various different dates uh, later in June that we were just talking about, and then, of course, in uh, the 4th of July at the earliest, and if conditions allow, those are the points at which, you know, the, um, the things like the app will be useful. And finally, in my rather long answer, uh, you mentioned about the scientist. What he was saying was a bit like anyone who downloads an app on their phone knows the thing's forever updating itself. It's forever squashing bugs and, you know, improving uh, it, it itself. Uh, and I think he was sort of commenting on, on that. It's not that the yeah, app uh, won't be come on. available. Those it's are, just, those are apps that we've actually got in use. Look, we, you know, Southeast Asia have been using apps for, uh, for a long time. Uh, the Germans, other French, they've got apps. Why didn't we just take one off the shelf, as a, as a medic we spoke to earlier in the show said, why do we have to reinvent the wheel? Where can we just use the same app that other countries are successfully using, get it up and running, reassure people, be able to trust people, trace people quickly and get people back into school, back into work and get back to normal yeah. life? I think the app is not the sort of the complete panacea. The, the app's one element, but much more important. We, we were told it was absolutely vital. Well, it was it, going it to will, be world beating. It will be a good string to the to the bow. But well, now, NHS... now we're saying it doesn't. Now we haven't got one that works. Now, no, now it doesn't not, matter. That, that's, that's not right. And actually, you, you've provided some examples, including Germany, where, by the way, they've had exactly the same debates and discussions about their uh, app and should it have gone down the Google Apple route and all the rest of it. Exactly the same conversation. One of the things that we've discovered in experimenting with the app, which has been downloaded tens of thousands of times uh, on the uh, people with for people on the Isle of Wight, is actually contrary to what was imagined. You never know until you try these things. The NHS test and trace system needed to be based first and foremost on contact tracers human beings doing it and sufficient numbers of tests being available and those two elements those absolute key elements are now in place in a very very big way 25,000 contact tracers and hundreds of thousands of tests available so we've got the basis of what we need and the app will be useful but of course it will be more useful as the unlock happens and we're only right at the beginning of the unlock still. OK, I mean, there's lots more I want to talk to you about, but I know we've not got much time with you. So I'm going to talk about the, the holiday quarantine. It seems to be quite an obsession with lots of people, lots of us who 
apparently who, who were desperate to get away on holiday, other people desperate to stay indoors, it would seem, but the country is split. But an industry summit yesterday, British Airways even refused to attend a meeting with your colleague Priti Patel, the Home Secretary. Um, uh, there still seems to be a lot of confusion about why on earth we're introducing quarantine now uh, at a time uh, when uh, we, as of next Monday, at a time when we're coming out of the, the pandemic, when other countries are opening up. Are you not worried that, about this massive risk to uh, our entire aviation and tourism industry, a huge part of our of our, our, our national GDP, uh, where we're actually probably not going to make any difference since we're talking about people going on holiday to places like Portugal and Spain that have got a lower rate of infection than we have here? So, I mean, I'm a massive supporter of a massive fan of aviation and of that sector. And you're absolutely right in what you say about their importance to the British economy. And everybody wants that to continue. What we don't want to do, having gone through unbelievable few months of everyone working incredibly hard and, um, you know, getting this uh, coronavirus under control is end up going back to a situation where we get a second spike because uh, we re-import it either from people coming here or from us going out abroad and coming here uh, without that being under control. So it's it's, it's perfectly, you know, it's absolutely right to put some controls in place. In terms of timing, because I get asked this question a lot, it, people forget now, but when we were looking at the pictures about, of this disease evolving, Europe was always a month ahead of us uh, on where they were up to at any one time. So it is true that things aren't happening at exactly the same time. And often that's presented as us somehow being slow. Whereas, in fact, it's because we're experiencing elements of this at a different time. And the chief medical officer said to me right at the beginning, the time to do this will be when you've got things up coming under control domestically, you then want to stop it from being reinfected. That is the time to, to implement it. And lastly, as you know, it's been widely reported, we've been working cross-government uh, with a, a specialist industry group and um, to see how we might be able to open up air corridors or travel corridors to help ensure that we can open up some of those routes. But right now, of course, the Foreign Commonwealth Office is saying uh, n nothing but absolutely essential travel uh, abroad. So it's a bit of a moot point. Online, on DAB and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker. Talk Radio. Well, let's talk to Martin Marshall about this, uh, Chair of the Royal College of GPs and himself an East London GP. Good morning to you, Martin. Good morning. morning. Is is it just common sense that we should be wearing face coverings on public transport? And do do you agree that the government is right to make it compulsory from the 15th of June? Or should it be sooner? Yeah, this has been an interesting uh, decision, hasn't it? And I agree with your previous speaker that the main problem here is is the confusion that it causes amongst the public. The, The issue here is that the... Um, the evidence isn't clear whether wearing face masks is a good thing or, or a bad thing. There isn't very strong evidence that it's a good thing, but I think you're absolutely right. Common sense says that um, if you are in tight uh, uh, public spaces where you can't socially isolate, then wearing a face mask is, 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 a, is a reasonable thing to do. The issues to remember are, are, first of all, that it isn't about protecting you, it's about protecting other people, and that when you're wearing a face mask, um, you shouldn't use that as an excuse for not socially isolating or not doing uh, the usual hygiene measures that we've talked about a lot during this crisis. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the government previously have said, you know, it is, it is counterproductive. It didn't serve any purpose. We were even told that actually, while the face mask might have some benefit for other people in your train or, or, or your bus, it could actually be more risk to you because you'd have, you know, your hands, you touch things on the train or the bus and then you touch your face mask, you're readjusting it. They're quite uncomfortable to wear. Uh, and actually got more chance of infecting yourself. So um, I, there, there have been some concerns that it might help others, but it might not help you. That's exactly right. People putting on and taking off face masks, perhaps not wearing the face mask correctly. You often see people with their nose sticking out the top of the face mask, which is completely yeah. counterproductive. I've seen that not, an awful not, lot, yes. Exactly, exactly. And, and not uh, not washing the face mask regularly. Um, there's lots of reasons why, why face masks might not be the magic answer that people think they are. But as long as people are sensible and they do wear wear them properly, then probably it's the right thing to do. And it's just one of those, one of many measures that we need to um, put into operation in order for us to be able to get out of what has been a very strict lockdown over quite a long period of time. Um, there is a feeling, and there's a point I'm going to put to Grant Shapps, the Transport Secretary, a little bit later in this half hour, that, that the government is sort of responding to sort of public opinion on these things. So the public think, oh, we should be wearing face masks because we're seeing other people in South, you know, in Southeast Asia wearing them, even though the World Health Organization themselves and SAGE Committee of Advisors say so they don't think there's really much evidence. So we're always told, follow the science, follow the science. But when the public doesn't agree with the science, we should follow the public. Um, and, and, and this is also the reason, you know, for the quarantine rules. Again, there's, there's, Sage wasn't consulted on, on the quarantine uh, at, at air, after you know, arriving by airport or by port from a foreign country uh, on those rules. And yet the government is going for it. Um, is, is there an element that this is just sort of doing what people will feel safer with as opposed to what actually works? Well, I have to say I'm very pleased not to be a politician because this is a really tough territory to operate in, isn't it? Um, and, and, and of course, politicians do respond to to, to public opinion. Um, they always say that they they're, they're driven by the science, but I think scientists are a little bit sceptical about that. Um, and, and it's inevitable that politicians will have to take public opinion into account alongside uh, the science. So, um, you know, as a as a scientist, as a doctor, uh, I would like to see uh, politicians more orientated around the science but the science doesn't always give clear answers and in fact the no. case mask uh, face mask is, is is one example of that no but again it's i suppose you know it's cheap it's easy it's not a massive infringement on our lives like not being allowed to go out to work or or to see our family members and therefore if it makes any difference at all probably probably worth it i suppose there's an element where yeah people if it gives people more confidence 
then 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 that's a good thing if people that encourages people to go out and about um now again the british medical association saying look this should be extended uh, to shops as well any other enclosed spaces uh, but also you know, we, we should start doing it now don't wait till the 15th of june yeah, well, more confidence is both a good thing and a bad thing, of course, because more confidence to get out and about, which we know is good for your health, is a good thing. Uh, more confidence if you're wearing a face mask and, mask and you suddenly think, well, I don't need to keep my two metres distance or, or wash my hands properly would be, would be a bad thing. So it works in both, both directions. And I think you're right. If, if it's going to happen, then um, I'm quite sure that we'll be seeing more and more people on, on, um, on public transport using them from right now, not, not, not from uh, the 15th of June. Um, and what do you make of the concerns in the papers today about the Test and Trace app? We were told it would be in place uh, by mid-May. We're now, you know, uh, early June. We're now told it won't be in place until the end of June, but after the trials on the Isle of Wight discovered some problems. It won't be fully working, according to some leaked emails, until September or October. Is it possible to carry out the test and tracing that we've seen in other countries, where they've been much more successful at, at dealing with the pandemic, um, if we don't have an app? As we know, that obviously involve, you know, involving you know, local health practitioners is a key part of testing and tracing. So the answer to your question is yes, it is possible to do uh, testing and tracing without having the app. One of the mistakes I think in the early days was to oversell the app as if it was the the core part of the uh, test, trace and isolate programme. I think more people are more accurately calling the app um, the icing on the cake or even the cherry on the icing on the cake now. Good old-fashioned um, testing and tracing requires what people say shoe leather. You know, it requires people to get out there, to get on the telephone, to talk to people, to understand local communities, and to really work hard. Technology helps that process, but it doesn't do it for you. So most people, if you're infected and you're likely to infect other people, the people you're most likely to infect are your family, uh, your friends, your work colleagues, the people you're in close contact with. You don't need an app to identify those people. Those people would be identified just through a conversation. The app is helpful for people when you're in public spaces where you don't know who you're standing next to or how close to them you are or how long you've been uh, in contact with them. That's where the app comes in. So the app will be helpful. Uh, When the technology is developed properly, um, it might be very helpful, but it certainly isn't essential. No, uh, well, not essential. But again, again, if if there's a reason why we don't have it, that's good. Fair enough. But given that most other countries seem to have one, I think a lot of people are rather rather concerned. Are are you um, also concerned about these latest uh, um, evidence about the the risks for coronavirus? Baldness, it would appear, is a new risk. Obviously, we know that men are at higher risk and and older men are particularly at higher risk. But they think now it might be a specific link to testosterone that could be a major factor. And so men with male pattern baldness are, are at higher risk should be more careful. Well, we're learning so much about this virus, aren't we? We know it's a, it's a new virus. There's so much that we don't know, but that we're guessing. Um, some of that is turning out to be true. Some of that is turning out to be uh, scare stories. I mean, you know, boldness is, 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 is an interesting um, risk factor. I'm much more interested in significant risk factors, for example, like uh, BAME risk, risks. We know uh, people, people from BAME backgrounds are much more likely uh, to get coronavirus and much more likely to get it badly. Those are the kind of risks which I think are really serious and ones that we need to do much more research into so we can understand how to protect uh, people who are at higher risk. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. 
Uh, as of the 15th of June, face coverings will be compulsory for anyone using public transport, buses, trains or tubes uh, and or aeroplanes as well. Uh, not surgical masks, though. But the question is, should this have come in sooner? And will this make any difference? And should it be extended to other places like shops? Well, let's talk to Colville Ranger. He's former transport and digital advisor to Boris Johnson when he was London mayor. Good morning, Chikova. Good morning, Julia. Um, what do you make of this uh, this change of heart from the government? Some people are calling it a U-turn, but they did always say this was something under review and the SAGE committee, uh, that there's scientific advisors who's advising them, have always said that this is something they are constantly reviewing, looking at new evidence. But we haven't seen any new evidence that it is uh, a, a particularly big factor in terms of people getting infected. No, I think you're right. And I've been listening to your show this morning. I heard the Transport Secretary Grant Schapps as well uh, talk about how time has moved on. But I think here we've got an absolute case of where potentially the science hasn't changed, but the politics is changing and public opinion is changing. And people want a sense of confidence and trust. Um, but personally, um, I was actually in the Far East. I was in Vietnam on a charity bicycle ride at the end of January. And one of the things I noticed in that environment was how many people were wearing face coverings. And, you know, it's been quite normal in countries, China and others, for people for long periods of time to be wearing face coverings, sometimes more for pollution, but also from a health perspective. Now, what we've got here is people can see that when they're in in closed environments with lots of other people, they want some reassurance that, A, potentially people aren't spreading a germ, uh, the virus, to other people, but also they've got some level of protection. And if a face covering, and we've been told does uh, enable that to happen, then I think it's a sensible thing for us to do to move towards the direction of wearing it, especially in places like public transport where we but, might be in crowded environments. So you think, I mean, obviously we are going to be seeing more people, as central shops open, more people using public transport, despite the call, and this was reiterated by the Transport Secretary yesterday, you know, don't use public transport unless you have to. And again, vast majority of people in this country don't use public transport to get to and from work. It's not their primary mode of transport. It's either walking or the car. Um, but we certainly saw in London, which was once the epicentre of this uh, uh, pandemic, uh, on the tube, which is much easier to actually keep you know, tabs of those numbers and get those numbers out very quickly obviously with a centralised system but the London tube saw passenger numbers up by a fifth last week some tube trains I've, I know friends who travelled who said you know they're really they're really busy some you know they're the only person in the carriage even even at Russia it can completely vary but you're, what you seem to be saying as someone who has been involved as a transport advisor in London that this is about reassuring the public rather than actually any medical need it, are the opinion polls now leading government policy I think they will do because the, the, the is that, do you think that's okay no, but I think we have to listen to public opinion and politicians have to reassure public opinion, especially if um, they're not hearing a clear message. And, and what's happened is at the start, it felt very clearly we knew what the government wanted from us. You know, we had the stay at home message. We were all told it was lockdown. Now, it was always going to be harder as we turn to these phases of easing lockdown, trying to sort of hybrid our way into a yes, you can do some things, but you can't do others, which then start to stress those kind of rules, for example, the simple social distancing rule is eminently stressed in environments such as public transport or even, in fact, in places like supermarkets, which I, I'm sure you've seen it, Julie. It is very hard sometimes in an aisle when you're out there shopping to, to maintain a social distance. So face coverings will become something that then becomes more important as we enter this phase. And I guess that is why the government has now made this statement that they'll be mandatory. But, but I've got to say, they, they, uh, another thing that Grant said, which is quite interesting, Grant Shapps, was about 
how we are still lagging behind in the timeline of the impact of the virus to the majority of other European countries. So, so somewhere between two and four weeks behind, hence the implementation of these measures um, at the appropriate time. Okay, um, and what do you uh, make of the ability to enforce these laws? Uh, there, there seemed to be a view uh, at the Downing Street press conference last night that actually, you know, people people will just you know, most people want to wear them. I mean, certainly if, if that is the rule, I would just, you know I wouldn't expect people to get on a bus or a train without wearing a mask. Uh, do you think there's going to be any problem of enforcement, or is going to be difficulties for the, the 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 train and bus staff, or indeed for other passengers, if one passenger says, "No, I'm not wearing a mask," once they get on a bus or a train? Yeah, I think look, we may have those uh, sort of outlying circumstances, individual incidents where somebody might do that. But on the whole, I think people will want to do this and will comply. And also, there's a sense of, you know, you, you can see this already. Sometimes you're seen as almost a social leper when you don't comply with something that generally the public and people feel is socially acceptable to do. And, and as people feel it is socially acceptable to wear face coverings in a crowded environment where you can't enforce social distancing, I think we'll find a majority of compliance. But it, look, we shouldn't be looking to have to um, enforce through law. I think this is something much like things like not eating smelly food on a tube and not having alcohol on tube trains and things like that, you know, which are, which are in place. But, you know, society decides what they think is appropriate. And I think we're going to find at this point in time, face coverings will become appropriate in those environments. But I, I also think, you know, uh, that there is this case of it becoming, um, there are all these fashionable face masks. I don't know if you've seen lots, lots of these yes. uh, YouTube videos where people cut up their socks in some magical origami kind of way to create a face mask. Yeah. I still haven't quite managed it myself. No, I'm, I'm also not that. convinced that socks are the ideal. I think they're supposed to let your feet breathe, yeah. aren't they? In which case, I'm not sure they're the ideal, uh, the ideal matter. In terms of how Boris Johnson is handling this, so you're, you're a long time, uh, you know, you're advisor to him, but you're also, I know you consider him to be a friend. There is a concern that, I mean, there was some reports this week that you know, he's now going to be taking direct control of, of the handling of the pandemic. And lots of people were saying, well, hold on a minute. Who's been in control since you've been back uh, from hospital and back at number 10? We were told he was you know, in charge all, all of that time. Um, is there a concern that I mean, he really is still, you can see he's not the man he was before uh, being uh, you know, put in, uh, into ICU. Um, and he's clearly some of the weather. And that actually, that the government has lost its direction. And even people like me who've been very supportive, I don't care who the government is in charge. We've got a pandemic. We need to all pull together. Constructive criticism where we can you know, improve things. Absolutely. But, you know, but trying to sort of, you know, make sure we get, you know, we're all on side. But I think a lot of people are finding it very difficult uh, not to criticise uh, how the government is handling this pandemic. But they seem to be just sort of all over the place, changing policies all the time, being led by the opinion polls than rather by the science. And, um, you know, coming out of lockdown too early on, on some issues, too late on others. Um, not listening to the, the science when it does contradict what public opinion says. Um, do, do you think this government has lost its way? No, I don't. Look, firstly, on, on Boris, I would say Boris is the arch communicator. He is absolutely, and we all know this, he's fantastic in talking to people. And every time he has led a message personally, well, you know, people have generally thought, yes, I understand what he's saying. I understand what's being asked of me. And I'm clear on what he, he's trying to achieve here. Now, there was a point where he was unwell. And, you know, that, that could have played a part. But I think also the second thing is, that the early phase was a clearer phase on what the government needed to do. And it made decisions rapidly and precisely, uh, and people got that message, whether we liked it or not. You know, I still remember when we thought we were going to go into lockdown, and it was people were shaking their heads going, how can you do this to a city, to a country? It won't work. 
give it a couple of weeks, clear messaging, and we were all there. And now, as we enter this other phase, and probably a very protracted phase of um, a hybrid position where some things return, but some things don't, and this will be you know, a period of time, it is a much more complex message. It isn't an easy one. And also, the longer-term measures that they're trying to deliver, such as apps that work, tracking and taste testing that is world-class, these are bigger challenges that will have bumps in the road. So, understandably, sometimes it isn't as clear when those things are happening. But I think the government is doing a good job. If I say to myself, it's a tragedy, the amount of death. It's a tragedy, the impact on people's lives. But they have contained it and they have had to do what they could do to do that and that, that has had huge damage let's be clear on our economy we've almost self-mutilated our, our businesses the jobs uh, the financial stability now they've got to also almost an equally if not bigger task of repairing the health of the nation's economy uh, and also getting it ready for a future which will be a very different competitive landscape globally so a lot yeah. on the hands of, of the government and I, I think they are doing the right thing just like yourself uh, you know I, I want to agree with them more than disagree uh, and I think in this case they are putting the nation's interest first across the UK online on DAB and on your smart speaker talk radio Thanks for listening to today's Julia Hartley Brewer coronavirus update. Please don't forget to like, comment and most importantly, subscribe. And you can catch me live on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 till 10. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.